Lebowski. Welcome to the Town Alone Basketball and Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me, as always, is Mike Regan. Mike, how you doing today? It's unnecessary, these intros. Wait, you already checking your fucking phone? We've been no. on here for 11 seconds. What are you, on Tinder right now? I'll have this you know that my phone answer. has saved lives. What, did you throw it at a serial killer? No, I recently uh, needed to buy a new phone case, and I'm a, a bougie bitch. So I wanted to get like an Apple brand phone case, and I got the, one of their red ones. That's part of like that product red line of shit they have, and it, they claim part of the proceeds go toward to help fight AIDS and HIV. So, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it just go to Bono, and then Bono goes out there and tries to fight AIDS? Isn't that how it works? <laughs> he puts on he puts on boxing gloves. Yeah. I gotta punch the AIDS. <laughs> or better yet, he, he goes to Africa and he punches people who has AIDS. I'm going to punch him right out of you, mate. <laughs> here's my Bono question. Yeah. Why does a guy from Ireland have an album about Joshua Tree? I guess he visited one time. <laughs> would be the most likely. <laughs> he was so inspired, he wrote an album. Can I make an album about Kyoto? Hello, hello. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Why are you so fucking loud today? Am I? I got it. Don't Don't touch anything. <laughs> don't touch that dial folks <laughs> all right mike as always we're here to talk about hockey and basketball and basketball and hockey okay we got tyler Karkar coming on later to do some more basketball as he is often want to do mm-hmm. figure we'll kick it off here some hockey talk sound good to you hockey talk yeah so i'm gonna go out a little bit out of order here on our rundown because i know we're gonna get there anyways but uh what? big news of the week <laughs> <laughs> Islanders fire Lane Lambert and hire Patrick Waugh as their head coach. Yeah. Mike, who has a better career winning percentage right now? Patrick Waugh or Lane Lambert? I'm going to guess it is Lane Lambert. It is Lane Lambert. Makes it seem like kind of a weird move to me, but hey, you know, not everyone can win with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, Patrick Waugh didn't like have, for one, he doesn't have that long of a coaching career. I mean, it is twice as long as. Yeah. <laughs> um Lane Lambert's, but he was in Colorado those three years. His best finish was a fifty two and twenty two season. In thirteen in the thirteen fourteen season where they got bounced in the first round in seven games to Minnesota. That was Nate McKinnon's rookie season. Huh. So are the Islanders gonna go on an eighteen game win streak now? Is no, that how this works? They're one and two under <laughs> under Wah. Wah. <laughs> Anyway, what I was going to say is a phenomenal goaltender, but as a coach, not so much. Yeah, they should have just put uh, Sorokin. They should have made him the coach. Ilya? Yeah. Hmm. No. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg Sorokin. So what do you think? Uh, what, is, what does this do? Does this do anything? No, it's the Islanders. Like, in my perception of the Islanders for like the last decade if someone wanted me to sum them up as a team, has always been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just never find them that exciting. Like, I'm not enticed to tune in and watch their games. And this move here is also kind of like, yeah. Like, you're above 500, fake 500. You got rid of Lane Lambert. You're bringing Patrick Waugh, who's also another yeah, head coach. So, good luck to you, boys. Well, since we're talking about uh, coaching changes here, and this is the Basky podcast, so uh-huh. we're going to go talk about it anyways. Uh, Oilers win streak up to 15 now. It's decent. Yeah. NFL record. NFL. NHL record 18 for an in-season win streak. 
you think they yeah. top that? But what is the NFL record before I answer that question? <laughs> uh, it's to go 18 and one, I believe. Okay. Um, my me being a smart ass made me forget what you said the NHL record was. 18. 18, 18. is the NHL record. 18. They're at 15. I wish I would have pulled up their schedule before you asked me this question, Adam. You can you bet on them. You can bet on them to break that record now. Really? Yeah, so right now it's like plus 250 for them to hit 16 wins, plus 17 or plus 700 for them to hit uh 17 wins and then back down to like plus 300 for them to go 18 plus. They got Nashville today mm-hmm. at home. I I feel good they can win that one. Then they go on pretty, the road close to, if, you, if you just look at the points. Yeah. These teams are pretty close to each other. Then they go on the road uh to Vegas. Well, good time to get Vegas, I guess. And then Three days later, they have two days off. Friday, next Friday. Right, is that right? Yeah, next Friday. Man, January disappeared fast. Uh, they're going to be in Anaheim to tie the record, and that would be amazing if that's where it got broken. <laughs> Leo Carlson scores four points. I was thinking Trevor Zegers, but I think he's still hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, game after that, on my birthday. Shit, my birthday's February that 5th? close. No, it's not funny. <laughs> February 10th. Um, they're at the Kings. So Wait, also, how many days off do they have between Anaheim and the Kings game? I got a week. Oh, All-Star yeah. break. That's the All-Star break. <laughs> the that All-Star. explains it. Yeah, so. so what do you think? K- they break the record? How long do they go on for? If they get by Vegas, they have a good shot. Because unless Cam Talbot uses the All-Star break week to all of a sudden fix whatever demons have crept into his mind, it... um. Won't be a pretty sight with him having to stop shots from McDavid, Hyman, and company. Vegas has plays today and then has two days off before they play the Oilers. So Vegas is gonna be rested. Just saying. Vegas, I, I don't know how much of the game you watched last night, um, mm-hmm. but Vegas Rangers, uh, Aiden Hill, just you know, back to being somehow the best goalie in hockey. I don't know when that happened. He had nine forty seven. Only allowed two goals on 38 shots. Yeah. Speaking of terrible goal standing, uh, my boys, my uh, boys, the Buffalo Sabres played, <laughs> God damn it, the LA Kings the other night. And uh, they ended up coming back. I think they're down 3 nothing, came back 5-3. And I love a lot of the boys on my team. I talk them up. But there was a couple of those goals that were, yeah, they were slightly snipe level, but it was also like, Cam, you got to have that one, but what are you doing, <laughs> man? <laughs> had, I forgot who scored our, our fourth goal to take the lead. I think it was that goal. Uh, they picked the top corner, and I think he, Talbot may have moved his glove, like, maybe like an inch to pretend like he was going to try to save it. <laughs> but he's got totally beat. It's just, it's not pretty right now. Um He's just keeping know. up appearances. Yeah, He's just know. like, I'm trying. You know, good enough. I don't know why I felt the need to bring that back up. We talked about it last week, and I, for some reason, felt the need to come back around to shitting on Cam Talbot again. Uh, but there it is. It's a little insulting. It's a little insulting. <laughs> um, so, back to the Oilers, which is the first time I've ever had to say that on this podcast. It's true. How many? What does this have to get to before Knobloch enters into the Coach of the Year conversation? He's currently sitting at plus 1,800. Can you name the four people currently ahead of Chris Knobloch on those odds? Uh, Tockett. Tockett's number one, plus uh, 115. 
I'm blanking on the Bruins coach's name. The Bruins coach is not at the top. It is uh, who he just won last year. I mean, that's why he's not going to win. Jim Montgomery. He's he's way the hell down there. Jim Montgomery. Uh, Cassidy. Um, nope. Cassidy is behind Knobloch, plus twenty two hundred. Yeah. Okay. Pretty bad at this. I'm doing terrible at this. Would actually be a better assessment now. Thank you for being nice, though. Um, literally, there's a team that has the number two record. I know in the the, NHL. The guy in Florida. Um. Paul Maurice. Yeah, Paul Maurice. Is he not up there? No, Paul Maurice is one ahead of Chris Knobloch. So, yeah, Paul Maurice is currently okay. sitting in fourth. In fourth. Um, so, you're missing two and three. And number two is... And the good he, news is you've guessed 27 NHL teams, so you're going to get there eventually. Uh, La Violette. Uh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, La Violette's plus... Or he's uh, okay. 21. All right, just tell me who's, who's up there. What? Rick Bonus. Winnipeg, number two record in the West. It actually makes sense. Only Vancouver. Yeah. He's uh he's four to one. And then John Tortorella. He's thirteen to two. He should be at like I'm I don't know how he's doing it with Philadelphia. I don't know how <laughs> he's doing the, it. You see, didn't they just hand out a big contract to Owen Tippett? I did not see the Tippett contract. I think it was like six point two a year. Mm-hmm. But what what does this win streak have to get to before Knobloch enters the talk it bonus era? area of this uh of these odds like if they break the record for wins does that automatically enter them into it do they have to make the playoffs like do, do they have to like secure a playoff spot do they have to hit like fucking 25 wins straight or something it's kind of like the blues stanley cup run when you think about it now i mean it's different because the blues didn't have Connor mcdavid and i don't think chris knobloch like fucking turned around the team i think that Connor mcdavid was just hurt and now he's not, and that's really the big difference there. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of kind of got that same vibe to it. Yeah, the McDavid part might be hurting him, <laughs> like having McDavid on your team. Yeah, that's why uh, Bill Belichick literally never won Coach of the Year. Did he, he really never did, did he? He, he won it three times. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded believable. Um, I'm one of those liars, you see. I see this. You're very adept at telling a tall tale. I don't know how he's not – he wouldn't be a favorite by the end of the season. You take a team that was looking really rough, McDavid injury or not, you're currently on your second double-digit win streak. Like, as long as they just keep playing – even when this snaps, as long as they keep playing winning hockey, win more games than they lose. Like, I, you know, finish top three in their division? I feel like he has to be up there. Unless it is a thing where it's like, oh yeah, he's got McDavid, Drysital, like, but Zach Hyman, come on, Zach Hyman, got to stop leaving Zach Hyman out of these lists this season. I know you always say Hyman's name with the sarcastic tone, but Hyman is a really good <laughs> he's, player. He's so good. He's been so good this year. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> imagine if like Toronto had actually kept him. Anyway, is but, he an All Star snub? Is Hyman an All Star snub? Does that count? He has like he's he's gonna have like a sixty goal season. Or maybe I mean, he already does have a 60-goal season. It's not his fault they felt the need to put the entire like starting lineup for the Vancouver Canucks in the All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Hey, uh, by the way, just for anyone keeping track, uh, my Google is still fucking broken. Really? Yeah. Still getting those weird Bing ads up on the side. Mm. Yeah, so right now Zach Hyman has 46 points, 43 games, 29 goals. He'll have a 50-goal season. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, is it really any different than Tockett? But I guess Tockett, a lot of 
his good players have taken a leap this year. It it would be kind of like if Tockett won it last year, though. I mean, I guess they held on to uh, who the fuck was the coach there last year before they fired him? Uh, Boudreaux. Yeah, they they held on to Boudreaux until way later in the season than Jay Woodcroft, but kind of has that same vibe to it where the team just it's just like some of it's just like statistical regression right like we knew we knew a team with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid wasn't gonna miss the playoffs yeah That's I, just I, happening. I do have to amend my previous statement their first win streak only went eight it was too shy of double digits so I do apologize for that <laughs> okay well I appreciate the on-air correction no problem Stuart Skinner during this win streak 0.945 save percentage and a 1.35 goals against. Yeah. <laughs> that cannot be right. Oh, that's just that's yeah. just five on five. That's just five on five. Calm down, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> that's just all... the way hockey's normally played. Yeah. Let's look at all strengths. I bet you it's not as good. It's probably way worse. No, he's been absolutely on fire during this win streak. What do you mean? He's been, like, the last 15 games, Stuart Skinner's been the best goalie in the league. Yep. So he told you if you go all strengths... It's actually a point nine four nine save percentage and a one point six three goals against. So, well, yeah, he's been really good. Tell me, <laughs> imagine like if facing a hundred shots and only letting in five goals. That's what Stuart Skinner's been playing like right now. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's all the mustache, man. All the, mustache. all the mustache. When but do you think was... Jack Campbell's getting back in net for them? Any day now, right? <laughs> Any day. They're saving him for the playoffs. Got to keep him yeah. healthy, keep him spry. But that was a big part of, at the beginning of the year, they were just getting the most god-awful, ugly goaltending in the world. And they yeah. they were having the worst shooting luck possible. So sh- are you saying that we should just give the Jack Adams to a combination of Chris Knobloch and Jay Woodcroft because it's never it's not actually anyone's fault either direction? It's not anybody's fault. What is it that you think Chris Knobloch does there? Like, does he, he's not going there and he's like, all right, Connor, what I want you to do is slice through three players <laughs> skating backwards like no one else in the league can, then pass it backwards around someone to a trailing Zach Hyman who's just going to pick the top left corner. Like, no. what, what the fuck is Chris Knobloch doing that everyone is like, ah, oh, this guy, he's really turning this team around. I mean, imagine that practice. He's probably spending most of his time with the defense. I doubt he's really going over to the offense that has two MVPs and telling him what to do. <laughs> Like he's kind of like do their thing. It's like it's like the greasers. Like that's you know he's he's going and talking to like all the other kids. He's the guidance counselor trying to get them all settled. Mm-hmm. And whenever he wanders over to the offense, it's just Connor McDavid and Leon Drasida with grease in their hair and a comb <laughs> slicking it back. And yeah. he's like, "Hey guys!" One of them pulls out a knife and goes, "Get out of here, Chris." <laughs> well, any more thoughts on the Oilers? Anything else you need to to air your grievances on? No, I finally finally like accepted it. They're making the playoffs. Everybody's back on the bandwagon accepted it it's all we talk about on this show some weeks (laughs) we're like first take with the lakers i wanted him to miss the playoffs i want Connor mcdavid to force his way out (laughs) or basically tell him i've like what one year left my contract and no i'm not resigning where do you think they would send him nowhere he wouldn't waive his no trade (laughs) by the way you know evan bouchard is now third in norris odds Plus twenty five hundred. He's not going to win it because Quinn Hughes is minus four or minus one forty five, and Kale McCarr is three to two. But Evan Bouchard third in Norris odds. Yeah, you know Hughes, McCarr, Evan Bouchard. I mean, those three <laughs> names are synonymous with the top goal, uh, top defenseman in the league. 
I wonder how many Oilers are currently in the top six of odds for for different awards. Um, McDavid's not even... Oh, McDavid's number three. Never mind. Behind McKinnon and Kucherov. McDavid's still going to win the award. I don't know why we're pretending. Like, right now... You want to say what oh, award? Because you just said the award. <laughs> well, the McDavid award. I mean, the Hart Trophy. We oh. all know what I'm talking about here. Bret Hart Memorial Trophy, yes. The Bret Hart Memorial Trophy. That's why it only goes to Canadians. Yeah. Um, right now, you can bet Nate McKinnon minus 135 to win the award, or the field at plus 108. Or you could just bet McDavid at plus 450. Just bet McDavid at plus 450. Like, do you really think Kucherov's winning and McDavid's not? The team's going to win 25 straight games. Wow, you're putting that 25. <laughs> if they fall short, I'm going to be disappointed in them. Um, I'm still on the Nate McKinnon bandwagon. He, he deserves to finally get one. See, he's but that's the phenomenal. thing. It's Like, he's playing phenomenal. And he, he might end up winning it as, like, a career achievement. But if we just put on horse blinders and only look at the season, at the end, it's still going to look like McDavid should have won it, even if we give it to McKinnon as a career achievement thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, your boy Sam Reinhart's finally fallen behind on the Rocket Richard. Oh, really? Yeah, he's plus 850 now. Pasternak, plus 650. Austin Matthews, minus 300. There's kind of a cool bet I've seen float around there right now where you can bet Austin Matthews to get 50 goals in his first 50 games. Hold the fucking phone. What? What? Are you holding the phone for me? I'm holding it. I'm holding it so hard. Oh, I'm holding it. Holding the phone. He's only three goals behind Matthews. How many games? I don't give a fuck about the games. <laughs> if he was three goals behind Matthews, but he had played 15 more games, that's probably significant, Mike. Yeah, he has played six more games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking loser. Or no, he hasn't. He's only played two more games. I was looking at their wins because Florida has six more wins than the dog shit Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, two games is a little bit more respectable. Yeah. Let's so keep... you're saying bet Sam Reinhardt. Yeah. Just keep doubting my boys. Keep doubting the Rhino. He's going to prove you all wrong. You know what? There is never a podcast that is the wrong time to talk about awards odds. Awards odds might be the most fun thing to talk about in professional sports. Yes. Like, I'm not a Hall of Fame guy, so I can't really do the whole Hall of Fame argument. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as someone retires, I'm like, all right, I'm done thinking about that guy. But... Awards odds, ballots, things like that. Oh, fuck, man. If they made a drug that felt the way I feel about talking about awards odds, I mm-hmm. would snort it every day of my life. You're a degenerate gambler. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Awards odds are like a harsh reality to the awards conversation. Because take the odds out. You could talk about it on a podcast or some stupid daytime talk show and have like hot takes about who you think's going to win. And then when you once you like pull the odds up, you realize, like, no, that guy has no chance of winning. Like, yeah. every book in America sees that that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're like, you know, our Timmy Panarin, real real shot at the Hart Trophy this year, 20 to 1. Yeah. I'm sure that's what all, like, the local New York radio stations are saying. Like, New York City area, obviously not Western New York. Well, no one cares about Western New York, so. Yeah, our radio stations are just saying, what the fuck? Yeah, actually, there's no radio in Western New York anymore because all the hosts committed suicide after Sunday. <laughs> That's dark. It's really dark. Uh, hey, Mike, you want to talk about the All-Star game? <laughs> sure, are they all dead too? Yeah, those guys are good. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> so, the All-Star game consists of people who have been voted to the All-Star. Hmm. 
<laughs> what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to get under your skin today. So, Mike, I, I, you know, it, it varies from sport to sport what the things that people care about in the All-Star Game or All-Star Weekend are. And I can't think of a single sport outside of basketball, maybe, where the All-Star Game actually matters to anyone at all. And no, I got to say, none of them are worse than football. Like, the Pro Bowl is, for the for the thing that most people in America watch, the Pro Bowl is the basement level of All-Star Games. Mm-hmm. You hold it at the wrong time, NFL, no one cares about it. But for the NHL, I personally don't care that much about the whole, like, all-star tournament thing as much as I do about the skills competition. And this year, they have tweaked, altered, completely changed the format for the skills competition. So now the way it works is that there's 12 skaters, and they will broken up into three rounds. In the first round, they compete in six of the following eight events. So they get to pick their six events. I'm not sure how that process works because I assume that they want to make sure they have enough people to fill it out. So Mm -hmm. the NHL is probably pressuring some people to compete in certain things. But here are your eight events. Fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timers, passing challenges, accuracy. Now let me ask you this, Mike. What could one-timers be if it is not accuracy and it is not hardest shot? Just some dude teeing you up clappers from outside the so dot. Outside what the are you? What is the grading system there? What are you competing for? How many one timers hit the net? Yeah, that. Th- there's going to be a goalie in the net. But then again, that wouldn't be fair because the goalie would obviously know where it's coming from. Like I'm wondering if it's like a three point competition kind of thing, or you're going to skate to different spots, or going to pass you the puck, and you're going to try to score. Ah, that could be it. That's yeah. a good call. So once again, those those competitions, because we got held up on the one-timer. Fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one-timer, passing challenge, accuracy. The top eight from those events advance to a one-on-one versus a goalie. So this is the shootout competition. Mm-hmm. And the top six from then move on to what they're just calling the Pepsi obstacle course. We don't know a lot about it. You could probably assume that it's kind of like the skills challenge in the NBA where it'll be some kind of combination of a lot of these things, right? You have to stick handle, pass, shoot, and outrace someone else, right? Like that's presumably the idea. I hope it's like Wipeout. Oh my God, with John (laughs) Cena hosting? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if this is taking the joke one step too far and killing it, but I kind of hope it's like Family Feud now. (laughs) Um. Here are your skaters for it. JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, Austin Matthews, Willie Nylander, Jack Hughes, who I do not think is participating, right? Nate McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nikita Kucherov, and David Pasternak. So I figure I'll break it down here. Initially, I thought we could talk about gambling on this, who you like, who you don't like, but the odds aren't out yet, so hopefully we'll get that next week. I like how the NHL actually gets their like stars to like take part in this. Yeah, winner gets a million dollars. And the winning team for the All-Star game itself also gets a million dollars. Oh, okay. Which is going to be split up amongst the players. But there's a world in which one of these guys can win a million dollars here and then win another, what, one-tenth of a million dollars? $100,000 in the All-Star game? Based on hockey salaries, it's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, based on my salary, it's a lot of money too, as surprising as that is. All right, Mike, so who do you like 
top eight to get out of the six out of eight events. And how about this? Do you have any event that you can guarantee someone's not going to do? Like, is there any way Kucherov does fastest skater? No. I don't know if Pasta does fastest skater either. <laughs> yeah. So how many people are going to be in itch, itch each like competition, you said? Yeah, I don't know. Like, everyone picks six out of the eight. That's all That's all we know. We don't know how many people are going to compete in each event. We don't know if they've said, like, they've said, all right, everyone, every event has to have this many participants. We don't know. Like, is there a chance? You spell Imposternock's name right? No, he's just writing pasta. You fucking ass. You're the one that hates that nickname. I know. Uh. <laughs> what about, what about, like, Willie Nylander doing stick handling? Yeah, I don't. Why did they have to make it so complicated? <laughs> yeah, I throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, what if it's cool? Like, I, I'm kind of coming into this with an in-season tournament vibe. Yeah, where I'm willing to give it a chance. And worst case scenario, I what waste two hours of my life on a Saturday? Oh, way more than that. This skill competitions feel like they take fucking forever. It's like back when they used over on over under over under two and a half hours. Over competition. I'm taking over. It's like back when they used to do all seven rounds of the draft on one Saturday. (laughs) It's never fucking ending. (laughs) There's a pretty good Simpsons joke about that. Oh yeah. Simpsons did it. (laughs) I like how your point of reference on what's a Simpsons joke is making a South Park joke. (laughs) So Mike, who do you see? Who do you see as the top eight advancing from here? I guess I should say, who are the four people that you're like, these guys aren't going to fucking try? Cooch? Yeah, Kucherov. If Kucherov makes it to the second round, I'll eat my goddamn hat. Are you kidding me? If Kucherov shows up with all of his equipment and sober, we should all already be like, oh, nice job, Cooch. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, Leon strikes me as a guy who'd be like, I'm, I'm too pretty for this. I think, okay. I low-key think Tricidal might win the whole thing. Really? Yeah. I think I think Tricidal's got a chip on his shoulder, man. I think he's got something to prove. Think about it. He is some people consider the second best player in the world. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, a top five player in the world. And this is the first time that we've said his name, despite talking about the Oilers for like eight, nine minutes. He plays with McDavid. It's a hard fucking life, but <laughs> I think he's got a chip on his shoulder about this, man. I think that he would love to win this. It's like when Clay Thompson would go up against Steph Curry in the three-point com- contest. Yeah. Which Clay won. Just saying. Oh. They should do it now when he only has one Achilles. <laughs> Let's see who wins. I, th- I think he'd still be good at that. Just if anyone went to guard him and he had to go drive for a layup, it would all fall apart. <laughs> That's true. So, obviously, the young dudes, I think, are going to make it. So, Connor Bedard. He's not Adam there. Fantilli. <laughs> but, like... Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson. I don't know about JT Miller. JT Miller's another one. Like, if I had if I had to pick the four guys that I don't think are going to make it to the next round, I think JT Miller, Kucherov, and Pasternak are a lock. Agreed. So, like, the, it's kind of up for a question. Who's the other guy that you'd think won't make it? Let's say Jack Hughes gets replaced with, I don't know, who's the best player who's kind of snubbed on this list? Um... I was going to say Jack Eichel, but he's fucking hurt, too. Sam Reinhart. 
<laughs> Matthew Kachuk. Replace Jack Hughes yeah. with, with Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. So, in a lock, Kucherov, Pasternak, JT Miller. Those guys, I don't, I don't think they're all that interested in winning. I think those guys have a lot higher career earnings than most people in this, this competition because mm-hmm. they've been around longer. And I think that they just kind of want to go party in Toronto for a weekend. So, who's the other guy? Why do I not f- making it the second round? Why do I feel like it's Willie Nylander? <laughs> I think he's another chip on his shoulder guy. Yeah, but that doesn't track for me. Because, like, let's say Drysaddle has a chip on his shoulder and he outperforms McDavid or Nylander outperforms Matthews. Everybody's just going to be like, oh, it's cute. They gave him one. <laughs> like, and they're going to come back next year and win it again. I guess I guess that's that's cool. I don't know. I, just don't, I feel like Willie Nylander is just going to be the one that's left out for some reason. Or whoever is the replacement for Jack Hughes. Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are going to be going so hard in this one, right? I mean, oh, same yeah. draft year, top two guys for the Norris. Mm-hmm. They got something to fucking compete for. Only two defensemen. Yeah. Those guys got those guys are going to show up and compete. So I, I think that you got to kind of take them off. I think Nate McKinnon is going to be a show up and compete guy just because he doesn't have it, which I know I spelled his name wrong in the doc too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just now realizing. Um, I, I don't think McKinnon has an off switch. No, I was about to say that. He seems like one of those super competitive guys where if, like if you were sitting at a table with McKinnon and you both happened to start like taking a sip of your drink at the same time, he wouldn't put his down and stop drinking <laughs> before you did. Yeah. Like he's, he's a guy who takes everything like very competitive. Fuck. Maybe Nylander is the pick. I'm just looking at who we have left. Like you can make an argument for a lot of these guys. Uh, Dracidal top five player never gets talked about. Probably has a chip on his shoulder. McDavid, best player in the world, never going to count him out. McCarr, Quinn Hughes, they're both competing against each other. Elias Pettersson, another top five guy, a top five center at least, not going to count him out. Austin Matthews, top of the league guy, great goal scorer, fast. Only American in the competition since Jack Hughes is going to be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinnon doesn't have an off switch. Wait, what? What's what up? about Jack's brother, Quinn? You sure he's an American? Yeah. He plays in Vancouver. Austin Matthews, the only American in the competition, probably has something to play for there. Home city guy too. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you kind of got to go. You kind of got to go since we don't know who's replacing Jack Hughes, and if it is Matty Kachuk, that would make two Americans in the competition. And Matty Kachuk's another guy without an off switch. Yeah, Matty Kachuk's such a Kachuk's such a good like prediction on who would replace Hughes because you know the NHL like from a market markability standpoint fucking loves them. Yeah, any chance they replace him with Tyrese Halliburton? That guy got real famous this year. Yeah. Maybe Brady Kachuk? Oh, God. Another, <laughs> another fucking Canadian. Yeah. Um, so, top eight advance to the goalie shootout. Who do you see moving on to the final round here? Who are your top six in the final round? Didn't we just say this? No, we, the, we picked the eight to move on to the second round. Oh, okay. You want to start doing the podcast later in the day, bud? That I'll say Hughes, Hughes, Pedersen, Math, uh, Hughes, Pedersen, Matthews, Quinn Hughes. That is uh, Nate McKinnon, Kale McCarr. That's six, right? Did I say six? Hughes, uh, Pedersen, Matthews, McKinnon, McCarr. That's five. That's five. I got one more spot, and I'm gonna Between give the it two Oilers boys. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to McDavid. I'm gonna go Drysidle, McDavid, McCarr, McKinnon. Hughes, Matthews. So, 
I replaced your Elias Pettersson with Leandra Seidel. But yeah. generally, same group of guys. I think we both just kind of believe in uh, believe in the best players in the league to be good, you know? So top six, this is the obstacle course. We don't really know anything about it, but just as, as we're kind of winding down the hockey segment here, mm-hmm. give me your pick. Who is winning the All-Star still Skills competition? I always like going with defense. I, I love defensemen. So I'm going to say either Hughes or Makar. I'm, I'm hedging my one. bet. No, I'm hedging my bet. No, you got to pick one. I'm hedging my bet. <laughs> but whichever one doesn't win this, the other will win the Norris Trophy. <laughs> It'd be so great to get to yeah. the award accepted speech. And it's Quinn Hughes up there and he goes, fuck Kale McCarr for winning the All-Star Skills competition and just walks <laughs> off stage. <laughs> that is the level of hatred and competition I want in professional sports. We don't get enough of that anymore. We need more of that, especially in hockey. We need yeah, some, hockey like, players are feed. so fucking nice. They're all just Mr. Rogers when they get in front of a microphone. They're like, well, you know, just love to go out there, love to compete, love to be with the boys. <laughs> you know, four lines deep, you know, I try. You know, want to back check and get the pucks out. Got to play for the name on the front, not the name on the back, you know. <laughs> just looking to win a couple games, you know. Not not thinking too much about four or five games down the road. Just think about the next one, you know. You know, I'm just glad to be here at the All-Star game. Not really not really thinking about the money. Not really thinking about winning the competition. Just happy to be picked. Really appreciate the fans, you know. All right, go ahead. I guess there's not going to be, like, any betting odds on this one like there was last year. There will be. <laughs> Wait, you think you think fucking FanDuel and DraftKings and Caesars, the king of sportsbooks, doesn't want to rip money out of our pockets while no. we're all betting on Quinn Hughes to win the skills competition? I actually think it's the all-star skills competition presented by Fan or uh, by DraftKings, so that's not a <laughs> well, joke I either. T- I can tell you the final round, it's the Pepsi obstacle course. What? What do these brands think they're accomplishing? Like, do you see Pepsi obstacle course and go, fuck, man, I got to buy some Pepsi? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's subversive. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just in your brain. Pl- planning next time you're at the grocery store, and you're like, hey, I have to pick up some soda. You'll think Pepsi for some reason. You won't know why. That's because you watch Cal McCarr dirty dangle his way through an obstacle course <laughs> in the Pepsi Skills Competition. Who's the fastest do... skater? Who's the fastest skater? Yeah, who? If I had to uh, put a gun to your head, if I had to put a gun to your head, Jesus <laughs> if I had. A... If I had a gun to your head and said, who's winning the fastest skater competition, who you got? McDavid. He's definitely going to be the favorite. Yeah. Didn't Artemi Panarin win it last year? It's always so weird. Like, yeah. It's it's going to be fucking Elias Pettersson or something. There's always someone weird. I mean, McKinnon's another good pick for that. Mm-hmm. Because McKinnon hasn't eaten a single carb in like 12 years. And every morning, mountain bikes up a mountain both ways in the snow. I'd like to see if I had like some voodoo magic and I could take away McKinnon's ability to stop on skates. If he could actually like break through the glass. It's like the old shell games where you could check someone through the glass. Yeah, like he's such a fucking bull on skates. I just want to see if it would happen. <laughs> I... I hope, beyond all reasonable hope, that somehow Kucherov or Pasternak does fastest skater and somehow makes it to the obstacle course at the end. Like, if one of those two guys could be in the top six, oh my god. 
I'd be all about that. Especially Kucherov. If only we could have gotten if only we could have gotten Ovechkin doing this. Oh. I'm shocked they didn't put him in there. It'd be like in maybe they will, Jack Hughes replacement. Yeah. Another American, Alex Ovechkin. Um it'd be like if that one year in the NBA All-Star game where they had Chris Paul do the jump ball. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine going to Alex Ovechkin and them going, all right, you uh, replace Jack Hughes. The competition that he's in that we need another person for that you have to be in mm-hmm. is fastest skater. Just see Ovechkin try to get up to top speed. I don't know. It'd be he like watching su- Robert De Niro run in the Irish. <laughs> he might surprise you. Listen, Alex Ovechkin could lap me 16 times around a rink before I made one yeah. lap. But that man ain't beaten 99% of NHL players in straight line speed anymore. Uh-huh. He looks like a, his body is made of arthritis. Jesus. He doesn't, I don't know how much energy he expends on the ice nowadays. He just sits there <laughs> by a circle and waits to hit those one-timers. I know this isn't don't go in. technically technically the part of the, the basketball podcast where we talk about basketball, but did you watch any of the Luka game last night where he put up 73? No, but I was just so proud of him because he didn't pull in Harden and like 30 of the points weren't from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah, just 15 of them. Um, yeah. He, down the stretch in the fourth quarter, A, Atlanta was doubling him. So get fucked, Quinn Snyder. Mm-hmm. Come on, let let him score. But the, Atlanta was doubling him. And so on offense, he would just like stand at the half court line and just let the rest of his team play four on three. <laughs> he was just standing there doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> All right, Mike, so your pick is uh, a defenseman who then goes on to lose the Norris. So we we should expand this. You should be required to put money on whoever loses the skills competition, whichever defenseman loses it. You should be required to put money on their, their Norris odds. Oh, definitely. I mean, it would okay. be pretty good odds either way between Hughes and Makar. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to take Dracidal. I'm going to stick with the bit. Chip yeah. on his shoulder. Has to win it for Germany. I just, I just really, I don't know. In my head, I foresee like McKinnon losing one of the competitions, and then he just like just screaming "fuck" and starts snapping sticks on the ice. Yeah, it's like when Jokovic loses a tennis set, just starts yeah. smashing one one racket after another. Uh, hey, Mike, any more hockey thoughts you want to touch on here? No, I guess we hit it all. Hey, would you see that? Uh, crap, who was the elbow who committed it? Nasty hit uh, the other night, not last night, but the night before it. I did not see this. I don't know. Who was it? No, I can't remember. Was it P.K. Subban? No, I can't remember who it was now. It's going to drive me nuts, but it was like this, a wicked it, a sh- hit to the head, but like the dude blatantly like threw his elbow into it as he came by. Like He has blindsides. This dude is coming up ice. This wasn't last night? This wasn't in the Penguins game? No. Okay, because Chris Letang had kind of a dirty hit yesterday. He took a dirty hit? No, he gave a dirty hit. He oh, threw really? a dirty hit. Yeah. Him and uh oh, fuck him and someone were we're getting into it all night. Gallagher, that was it. He got suspended. Turns out he got suspended five games for a hit to head of Pellick on the Islanders. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it was it was pretty fucking brutal. I'm shocked it was only five games. But I like how in a forty five minute hockey segment you somehow found a way to bring up Gallagher and Pellick. Go to the dock. I need a different angle on that. Does this does this clip have a different? Okay, oh. there we go. Jesus, <laughs> right? That that like the hard camera angle on that is brutal, man. Yeah, it's like I feel like he was skating by him and said, "Oh, I'm not going to make much contact, so let me just throw my fucking elbow into his face." Did 
Did the Islanders not, like, go fuck up <laughs> Gallagher after that? Actually, I, I wasn't watching the game. I just saw it all over Twitter. <laughs> or X.com, formerly known as Pushed by Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at it. Some Tom Wilson S shit right there. Get fucked, yeah. Caps uh, All star Tom Wilson. Um, <laughs> Why isn't he in the skills competition? <laughs> talking about another great fastest skater guy. <laughs> He would, he, I think that he would be really confused when in the first round there wasn't a dirtiest hit competition. Yeah. I still, I feel like there should be a... My last bit on <laughs> hockey is that there should be a skills competition where they put like 100 peewee players on the ice and they see how many each player can just fucking mow down <laughs> in 30 seconds. I was thinking you were going to say put 100 players on the ice, but uh, your your result is way more grim. <laughs> well, you put like an extra padding and whatnot on him, so you don't get hurt. You're but... right, because a peewee, like an eight year old with extra padding, <laughs> will be fine when a 215 pound athlete barrels into them. Because like, imagine if being like, oh, Nate McKinnon, you're my favorite player. And then the horn sounds to start, and McKinnon just trucks this poor child. Is that it's not like funny? Dead Rising 2. <laughs> Listen, I will laugh every time a child falls down. Yeah. It's funny 100% of the time. So I'm all for this. Let's get, let's get it done, Gary. It's literally the end of that South Park episode where they end up having to the, play the, the Detroit Red play Wings. Yeah. <laughs> or the Colorado Avalanche, yeah. All right. I'm done killing Take a time. break. Yep. Come back. Talk about some basketball. Yeet. All right. We're back. Joined by Tyler Karkara. Here to talk about some basketball. How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm awesome. Am I the first series regular? Uh, Am I the first times, regular guest? How many times did we like, bring it on? Was that just once? Or did we have him on twice? Just twice, but he hasn't okay. been back. So now you're tied. I'm you're tied. Th- no, this is number three. This yeah. is number three. All right, you're in get, first place. Get, get, get wrecked. It's I forgot me. about the one Mike wasn't around for where we talked about how much. And we, we actually get to parties. talk about the thing I know about today. I don't, I feel, I'll feel like less of a fraud <laughs> talking about basketball. <laughs> That's funny because I feel the opposite. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get fucking exposed when we talk about movies. But that's that's the thing. That's what that's the thing. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Well, we gotta we gotta start off with the big news of the week, uh, or the big news items, p- plural, I guess. For starters, we'll we'll go with the thing that I think was furthest back. Adrian Griffin gets fired. Forty three games in, thirty and thirteen record. The Bucks hire Doc Rivers to replace him. Tyler, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you think? This the Bucks now should be the favorite to win three, four straight NBA Finals. Um, I think they're the favorite to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals with a three-one lead. Can I? Is that? I'll d- take the easy joke first, and then uh, I think <laughs> I, the thing that stands out to me about this is that I didn't have the I didn't hear like initially was when Giannis was asked about Adrian Griffin. He said, "I loved that man." Past tense, like he's dead. <laughs> like <laughs> I love that man. It's too bad I had to kill him. <laughs> That's the energy around that team. But they seem like they're having a good time. Um, weird choice on Doc Rivers, I think. Um, I think it would have been great if they went with Stotts. I think, it, honestly, yeah, I kind of <laughs> would rather it be Stotts. I, are we sure Doc Rivers is good at his job? That's my thing. They keep giving him jobs with like the most talent in the league, and it's like, Look, if, if you know, 
if Joe Missoula can be successful with the Celtics, like, I, you know, like, it's not like the NFL where you could have the most talented roster in the league and a, a, the worst coach and still win a lot of games. Like, you just won't go far in the playoffs if you don't have a good coach. If you have good talent, like, you're going to win. Mike, you want to give me your uh, your Doc Rivers opinion? Um, Well, Rhett Bill Simmons, he lost one of his regular podcast guests. <laughs> And it feels like they decided to fire Griffin before checking, like, what the available candidates were. <laughs> and they were like, oh, like, Doc's a name, so I guess we'll go that way. I mean, he really hasn't – I'm trying to think of, like, an NFL comparison to a guy who won a ring with a loaded team and then has just lived off of it. Joe John Gruden. Yeah, that's actually a great one. That's actually a great one. John Gruden uh, basically did the same thing. It's like if John Gruden was a good person. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, So, interesting choice. I think they should have just brought back Bud. Yeah, that would also Bud or Stotts would have been such great hires because, A, it would be like, all right, we know we fucked up. We're not afraid to admit we fucked up. We're bringing him back in the building. But also, both those guys are probably better head coaches than Doc Rivers. I I think Giannis got Bud fired, though. I think that was a Giannis call. So... Giannis, the new LeBron, coach killer. Coming up on first take. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second news story we got to get to here. Terry Rozier gets traded for Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry's ass, and a draft pick. The Michael's- scariest, terriest lead team in the NBA. <laughs> See, okay, I've been talking about this. People got to stop fucking texting me asking what I think about Scary Terry. Because in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, he's a great receiver. I think Terry Rozier got that in the playoffs well before Terry McLaurin was in the N- 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 NBA. So he did. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying that Terry Ro- or that uh, Terry McLaurin gets to own the nickname Scary Terry. I'm just saying don't text me the word Scary Terry and expect me to know that you're talking about Terry Rozier. I uh, heard, Chef. <laughs> so Mike, we'll start off with you here. Who won this trade? Kyle Lowry? No, I don't think Kyle Lowry won oh, the trade. Okay. He has to go to Charlotte, which is unfortunate. Um I don't know. It's a fine move, I guess. I mean, you got a good player from a bad team. So time will tell how well Scary does. Or scary? <laughs> yeah, you know, I call <laughs> him by his government name. <laughs> I didn't know you were on a first aid basis with Mr. Terry. <laughs> yeah. Time will tell how Terry does. There's a there's a tongue twister. Please, Terry was my father. Call me Scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Tyler? Who won this trade? Wait, what did they give up? I, Kyle I, is Lowry, it just like a Kyle, Kyle Lowry's Lowry ass in a, fir- a feature yeah. first? Yeah. I think it's um, like a lightly protected first, maybe. I mean, it's Miami. How high is it actually ever going to be? Yeah. Um, I, You know what? I'm going to zag and say Charlotte. They needed to do something. Um, Scary Terry might have won them too many games. And uh, Gordon Hayward next, question mark? Gordon Hayward, Bridges, LaMelo Ball. No one's taking Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize you were doing a bit until I yeah. got LaMelo Ball. Get rid of all move the team back to New Orleans. Can New Orleans Just, support two basketball teams? I mean, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, there you go. Um, Put both of them in New Orleans. As, as has been evidenced by all of the United States, no si- like every city where they put two teams in it, the teams are equal, and one of them definitely isn't the black sheep every yeah. in every single one. So it always works out. 
You, you see how except for the how, Mets, I guess people like the Mets for some reason. You see how upset Mikael Bridges was getting because at the the Nets Knicks game in Brooklyn, it was all Knicks fans. Oh, you know he was in Phoenix. The next basketball team was a million miles away, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just look as a as a Chicago White Sox fan, like we shouldn't have two of the same team in the same city. Like I'll just I didn't even know you were a I'll, baseball guy. I'm not I'm not really. I was when I was a kid. I was a big baseball guy when I was a kid. I haven't watched baseball in like five years. Big Dennis Eckersley guy. Yeah, That's yeah, big Paul Paul, Caner- Paul Canerco. Uh, this actually is the only baseball player I can name from the 2000s who wasn't on steroids, so that's uh, that's my only pull. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want me to name the entirety of the 2005 White Sox World Series roster? Oh God, no, I don't at all. Actually, <laughs> I come as a surprise. <laughs> I definitely brainhold that information as a six-year-old. Um, but that's how I learned the 32 NFL teams, which I ended up winning free pizza from school for. Um, last piece oh, of news. You're destined. <laughs> uh, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker all go for 60 points this week. It's the first time in NBA history where we had two different days where two players scored at least 60 points. It's also the first time in NBA history where in the same week two players scored 60 points in a loss. Devin Booker now 0-2 in games where he scores at least 60. Mike, how do you feel about the 2015 Kentucky Wildcats? Doncic wasn't on the 2015 Wildcats. Oh, you beat me to it. I was gonna look up what his <laughs> what his European team was. Mets ninety eight, isn't it? Isn't that where everyone in Europe plays? That's, no, that's Victor Wimbayama's European oh, team. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I caught. Yeah, it took me a second. It took me a second on that one. So, in general, Mike, you, what, what do you think? We get two seventy point games. Four sixty-point games in one week. Is this a signal of anything? Does this tell you anything about the league? Watch out, Wilt. Someone's coming for you. Who's going to break Wilt's record? <laughs> I also I love that now. Very in every everything in the locker room now. Whenever someone scores seventy, they just have them hold the piece of paper with that number on it <laughs> because of yeah. the Wilt picture. <laughs> It's like you scored the eighth most points of all time. Recreate the picture of the most. <laughs> oh, uh, Luca played on Real Madrid, by the way. That's a soccer oh, with, team. With Messi. Yeah, him basketball and Messi. team. I think they're owned by the same people. The Reals. The Reals, yeah. The Madrids. <laughs> was was the Luca game like also kind of a like a scary uh not a scary Terry, but like a scary thing if you're a Mavs fan because Luca put up 73 points. It was basically half of your team's total points, and you only won by five. <laughs> he also shot like 68 percent from the field. It wasn't like an inefficient yeah. 73. Yeah, yeah he, it wasn't like a Kobe like, thing. He had like 73 on like 27 shots. It was 33. 33 shots. 73 on 33 shots. He's like 27 mm-hmm. for 33. And I have never um, seen a 70 point performance with a more boring fourth quarter. Really. <laughs> Yeah, they just started sending two at Luca every time, and so then Luca was just standing at half court, playing so that the rest of his team could play four on three. And then I, they, they were in the bonus forever. So he, w- whenever he'd get the ball, he would just like immediately rip through, get fouled, and go to the line. That's how he scored like his last eight points. Have you guys seen the interview with Luca where he talks about how it's easier to score thirty in an NBA game than in a Euro League game? No, I haven't. 
He's like, if you score 30 in a, in a Euro League game, like your teammates are going to kick your ass because that's not winning basketball. <laughs> and the rules are slightly different. So the what about are smaller? What about the guys that lost? How do you guys feel about that? Towns and Booker both go for 60 and lose. In embarrassing fashion because Towns loses to the fucking Charlotte Hornets. Booker loses last night. Who was that too? Was that Houston? I was literally watching yeah. the end of this game and now I can't remember. Pacers. Pacers. Okay, that one's a little bit less embarrassing because the Pacers can go for 150 any given night. How do you guys feel about team players scoring 60 in a loss? I can tell you one thing. Uh, David Finch doesn't like it. Is that the Timberwolves head coach? Did I get it right? Yeah, it's Finch. Chris Finch. Chris Finchy. Finch. Chris Finchy. Yeah, Chris Finch didn't like it. Um, yeah, he I was like, him. oh shit, cat getting traded. Score 63, get <laughs> traded next day. Like that was the energy of that press conference. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, he, he was unhappy about it. Towns gets benched for like the last six, seven minutes of the game. Timberwolves end up losing it. Called it an immature night, Chris Finch did. You know, great vibes. Great vibes are my favorite basketball Towns team. Towns could have gotten 70. Towns could have gotten 100. Should've Those six minutes, it. he's going to score 30. Halliburton wasn't even playing for the Pacers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obi Toppin, your boy. Scores the winning bucket. Outscored Durant. Did he really? Same. Yeah. Durant only had 20. <laughs> yeah, that last bucket was – it was so that game was coming out of the wire. It was a tie game. Indiana inbounds the ball. Misses like four shots in a row. Keeps getting the tips. Keeps getting the rebounds. Finally, Toppin gets his hands on the ball and just puts it in. And then on the last possession, they inbound it to Booker, who promptly slips, falls over, and then chucks a a Hail Mary ball, hoping to get a foul call. Ends up on his back complaining to the ref. Great way to end your 60-point night, Devin Booker. Meanwhile, the third head of their big three, Bradley Beal, went 5 of 13 and 1 of 5 from three. (laughs) I don't know if I've met someone who hates the Suns more for no reason than you. Yeah. Oh, you have have number two on the podcast right here. (laughs) Let's trade all our assets for three guys who've never played together, and maybe they'll be good together, but who knows? <laughs> who do you have more faith in right now? The Clippers or the Suns? The Clippers. The Clippers. All right. You guys Isn't got more faith crazy? in James Harden <laughs> than the Suns? Like, late playoff run? No. But, like, <laughs> who's going to get a higher seed in the Clippers by, like, a wide margin? <laughs> well, any more thoughts on uh, the scoring outpour? Tyler, you got any thoughts on NBA defense? Um, feels like I could probably do it just as well. It <laughs> seems like, like you think I could get Luca to miss a shot? Like if if I guarded Luca like thirty three times, do you think he would miss like one if I guarded him? I'm I, by the way, I'm like six two, two hundred. You gotta. You, I think you gotta go the old Shaq on it. You just hard foul him every time until the ref stopped calling it. Yeah, but that's the thing is I think he would just like rip through me like a piece of paper because that's because <laughs> he has like eighty pounds on me. Yeah, he and he's six eight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. That's 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 where I'm at with the NBA defense. Is it's like I can't you can't punch someone in the face anymore and get away with it. So no wonder Luca's scoring <laughs> all the time. This is like there's like what eight guys in the league who can can who can like challenge Luca physically. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like, there are good defenders, like like Jalen Suggs, not Orlando <laughs> Magic, but Jalen Suggs. Uh, they lost last night. They're on a ta- they're in a tailspin. Um, 
this got real dark real fast. Got real dark real fast. Listen, that's what happens when you bring me on to talk about sports. Uh, but yeah, like Jalen Suggs is probably one of the three best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Luca would eat 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 him for lunch. He's too small. Yeah, and Luca gets all the the superstar calls. Mike, let's say yeah. same situation. Going in the fourth quarter, Luca has sixty five against the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. How many points do you think he ends up with? Thibodeau's just gonna ice him. <laughs> I mean, we got OG and an Obi now. Makes it sound uh, like OG he, actually. I mean, yeah, OG. Yeah, OG and Drop like against Luca. Yeah. OG, Jaden McDaniels, Jonathan Isaac, and like AD if he wants to try. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Rudy Giannis, Gobert maybe. On, Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. Not even getting mentioned in the Who Can Stop Luca conversation. <laughs> Because he wins it every year. No one cares anymore. (laughs) Will Rudy Gobert be in the Hall of Fame? He's going to have 11 Defensive Player of the Years and zero rings. Well, would his silver French medals come up second? Yeah. Isn't that that Ryan Rosillo's rule is how quickly do Olympic medals come up? when talking about a player's accolades. Yeah, it'd be like, number one, the the 25 <laughs> defensive players of the year. Number two, he won two silver medals. Remember that time he stood by while Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell went, or Donovan, yeah, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell went at it in the first round of the playoffs and scored like 40 apiece, like seven yeah. straight games. Yeah, remember the time that he gave everyone in the NBA COVID? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that funny guy, he's so funny. He touched all the microphones. Good bit, good bit, Rudy. <laughs> You guys, uh, you guys got any other thoughts on the last week of NBA action? Are you ready to get into the main event? We're in the grind. I'm, w- I'm just waiting for everybody to leave every team. It's, it's about to happen. I can feel it in my bones that this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a big trade deadline. I don't know if I'm gonna be on uh, talking about basketball before then, but I think, I think a lot of people are getting traded this trade deadline, and I'm ready Bond to the be Clippers? wrong about that. Yeah, Bron to the Clippers. Um, James Harden to the 76ers and James B to Harden Toronto. James Harden to the 76ers and B to Toronto. <laughs> ben Simmons back to Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, Michael Bridges back to the Suns. We just reset. Can we just you guys, like, reset two years? You guys ever forget that Ben Simmons is still in the NBA? Yeah, honestly, it's starting. It's getting to the point that I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. I mean, funny. I don't. He gets, he's on a $100 million contract to do basically nothing, but, you know. It was really funny early on when, like, he was in the playoffs passing up layups because he didn't want to get fouled, but now it's kind of, like, punching down. Yeah, it's like it's like a wounded deer. And you're <laughs> like, wow, you were once once so majestic. What has, what, what has life wrought? Yeah, like, I feel like my life is probably more comfortable than Ben Simmons, despite him making millions and millions and millions of dollars more than me. That man dated Kendall Jenner. We can all stop feeling bad for him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, you got any NBA thoughts? You want to you want a victory lap on the Knicks who have just been on fire since OG got traded there? No, I mean we're running the championship, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll uh, I'm going to keep my expectations tame. Not going to get ahead of myself. Tibbs versus Doc Eastern Conference Finals. That would be wild both guys just trying desperately to throw away a 2-1 lead yeah just waiting for the the breaking news when we trade for cat oh man Tibbs is gonna literally blow his gasket if that yeah. happens <laughs> who do you think I will mean, fuck cat's girlfriend on that team? randall 
I, but Randall, Randall is a Tibbs guy because he's intense. Mm-hmm. Cat like just wants to stream on Twitch. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Time for our main event today. The reason we are all here. <laughs> Academy Award nominations came out, and Tyler came up with a great idea where we do Academy Award nominees as NBA players, teams, or coaches. Okay. See, I what I did is I took all ten NBA All Star starters. And, oh my god, what a good bit. <laughs> and now I ranked and the way I ranked them to discuss them is from best comparison to most tenuous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I was having trouble finding a player for the zone of interest, uh to be honest. But that's just uh, Miami Heat. Just just no. <laughs> no. Listen, as someone who's seen the zone of interest, um, this guy By the way, I've seen all ten of these movies. Like, have I have you not. Guys, how so many you have be, you guys seen? I've seen seven. I've seen four. I'm going to see the fifth one on Tuesday. Excellent, beautiful. I love to see it. Um, all right, so I figure we'll go round robin. No reason to draft anything here. <laughs> we'll just start with Tyler and then go around from there in the order of my Discord clockwise. So Mike, then me. All right, so I'm just gonna pop this one off. I've mentioned it before. It's the one that came up with this idea 2023 was the year of 2023 was like the best movie i I wrote about it in my top 10 list for the site but it it was it's the best movie year probably since 2007 um it's probably one of the best oscar lineups since the 70s this is the one of the deepest categories i've ever seen it is legitimately movies are back and then they're not back because of the strikes and nothing's being released this year but it's fine we were back for like a eight months and it was beautiful but we have to get through um, dune 2 all year yeah we well we yeah it's gonna be dune 2 and the zendaya threesome movie challengers that's just <laughs> st- steady the ship boys <laughs> can't wait to still be talking about dune in november yeah exactly you, you're not excited for deadpool 3 um but oh boy uh, disney gets their hands on it finally all right so my first pick, my first comparison is Killers of the Flower Moon and LeBron James. The old guys still got it. The old guys <laughs> still got it. Um, listen, LeBron, he's in his 40s doing doing the – no, he's not even in 40s. Isn't he 39? 38, 39, something like that, yeah. yeah. Not 40 yet. 39. Doing, doing his thing, starting in, a, uh, starting in an all-star game, blowing up teams, killing coaches. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other hot takes I could have about LeBron. Um, trying to get Steph Curry on his team for the t- 10th straight year in a row. Um, and Killers of the Flower Moon also got nominated for got nominated for Best Picture, got nominated for Best Director, and everyone's like, good job, Marty, you did it again, and pat him on the head, okay. which feels like what we're all doing with LeBron, but also LeBron's still like the eighth best player in the NBA, and that's crazy. Just like Killers of the Flower Moon is probably the best live-action movie I saw this year, and... I the more I think about it, the more haunting and intense it becomes. Like the more that this movie lingers in my brain, um, the harder it becomes for me to not compare it to LeBron James. You know? Yeah, LeBron. <laughs> and, uh, LeBron hits his twentieth All Star game this year. Uh, he'll hit his twentieth All NBA team this year. Both of those this, are. This is records. Martin Scorsese's like twentieth banger. Yeah, um, you know, and every if, this feels like every few years, Martin Scorsese's like, "What if I just kind of do Goodfellas again?" And it, but that's it's the thing. This one's time. not. This one's yeah. not. 
It's not the same. Just like this year, LeBron, not quite the same. It's not the same <laughs> as it used to be, you know? It's not fun, fun, and, you know, if if Goodfellas is, like, my early Miami Heat MVP LeBron, like, you know, catching Dwayne Wade lobs off the backboard, this is, like, late career LeBron with, like, a good footwork post-up. <laughs> like, just, like, you're watching, you're like, this isn't what I expected, but goddamn, he's still got it. It's it's um, LeBron after he starts to accept that one day he'll die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goes to the Flower Moon is a movie about. I just was talking about the movie for a second because I know it's a basketball pod, but you know, let me just talk, let, let let me pop off for a second. This is a movie that I feel like the discussion about it boiled down to like among people, like the society is, wow, he released a long one, didn't he? And that hurt my soul <laughs> to hear. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a long movie, but it's like it's a movie about the systemic corruption and genocide of the Native American people. And it's Martin Scorsese reckoning with that as someone who is a product of that society. Um, and it's not fun. I've read the book as well. The book is from the perspective of the FBI agents. It's a mystery novel, essentially. And in this one, he's like, no, the first 20 minutes, you know what's going on. And you just have to sit there and uh, you just have to sit there and accept it and watch what's happening. So um, so if Killers of the Flower Moon slash Scorsese is LeBron, who does that make the Lakers version of De Niro? It's got to be Rob Plinker, right? <laughs> yeah, who's super evil yeah. on the Lakers. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what bad things Rob Plinker's done, and I'm just like, I, I don't know, sign Carmelo Anthony? That's the same as telling as telling your nephew to blow up his sister-in-law's house with his yeah. fa- with their family inside of basically it. Basically the same thing. Same, Basically the same thing. Um. Anyway, let's move on. We got yeah. a lot to get there. Mike, uh, you wanna you wanna toss out your first comparison here? Oh yeah, my comparisons are like way more or less like random, like this thing to that thing, this actor. All related to people who are nominated for Oscars, obviously, in movies, but it's right. not more not as poignant or as clever or intelligent sounding. Like for example, my first one is Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I comped him to Kevin Durant. Because <laughs> Yes. Because hear me out. All right. Both great at what they do. Durant went to Brooklyn. Former super team tried to win a ring. Didn't work out. Walking did both afraid. <laughs> didn't work out. Durant goes to Phoenix. Not I working out. It did, but you know. Walking yeah. uh, Phoenix does Napoleon. Literally a biopic, which is like the easiest way today to get nominated for best actor. And didn't work out. You guys see Napoleon? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's a, a, it's a it's a movie kind of. that I can't wait to see the director's cut of because right now the thesis I think of Napoleon was just like boy wasn't he a weird little war guy wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> can I can I interrupt you here, Mike? Yeah. Is Joaquin Phoenix nominated for anything? No. Napoleon <laughs> got no- Napoleon got nominated for two. I think I got nominated for two things. Categories that are way down the list. <laughs> it's- yeah, Napoleon you know. got nominated twice. We're Best allowed. visual allowed. effects. I'll allow it. I'll yeah, allow okay. it. That's fine. It's That's fine. Oscars related. 
right. If you wanna, if you want, I have, a, I do have a reg, another Durant comparison that I can toss out there very quickly, if you'd like, Adam. That is, let me, yeah. Let me get to the end of uh, Mike's spiel here on uh, on Joaquin Phoenix and Napoleon, then we'll hear yours. Yeah, go I was ahead. Just, his last two things haven't worked out. The same thing KD says. <laughs> <laughs> what is Durant's Joker folly? I'll do. Oh, uh, oh, when he inevitably goes back to Golden State. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that's 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 a great comparison. You guys know that the Joker sequel is coming out this year, and it's a musical with Lady Gaga. Right? Yeah, with Lady Gaga in it. Let's go. Okay, cool. Remember how great sure. she was in that. House of Gucci? <laughs> oh my God, snubbed. House of Gucci, such a great. Can we movie. get an Adam Driver cameo in that movie where he goes, "This our terrible, pa- our beautiful passion, our terrible joy." <laughs> I just want just him to do lines a... from Ferrari all over again in there. There are no Italian superheroes. I feel underrepresented <laughs> in media. Man, how many fake Italians can I get in one podcast? Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> My grandparents owned an Italian restaurant. Damn it, Mike, your uh, grandparents there. Italian? Migrated from Italy, so I don't know what else you want from me to prove. <laughs> to, I know, to, to look something yeah, but less can they than make a, a good brujol? Can they make a good brujol yeah. in a sausage sandwich? Okay. <laughs> Listen to how this guy says brujol, and he's trying to pretend he's Italian. This is fucking ridiculous. Why do you think I like Martin I am the bear. Movie so much? I, I am Carmi in the, from the bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> definitely me. don't 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 be Carmi from or don't be him from Iron Claw. That's uh really the thing to learn. Yeah, I'm you, the bear of movies. <laughs> I'm the bear of gay clubs, so we kind of have a thing going here. Um, hey, Tyler, you want to you wanna give us your Kevin Durant comp? Uh, Kevin Durant's The Holdovers. The Holdovers is a really good movie from uh, master director Alexander Payne. Ale- it's not his best movie, just like this isn't Durant's best season, but we can all look at it and go, oh, look, that's a good one. Yeah, B, B plus, A minus year from Durant, B plus, A minus movie from, from uh, Alexander Payne. Uh, might get jumped, but, you know, there's going to be some awards in there. Paul Giamatti might get best actor, you know, but yeah. uh, definitely when not I, their best. That's that's a good one, because when I think about what what was the situation around me seeing the holdovers, it was I was looking for something to go see at the Davis Theater mm. in Chicago. And I was like, you know what seems like a good Davis Theater movie? The holdovers. And when I sit down, it's a Tuesday night. I'm like, you know what? I can watch the Suns game. Nothing else really going on right now. Yeah. Don't have anything else I need to do. I'll watch the Suns game. All right, you guys ready for my my comparison here? Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, I got a few of these that I like. I'll go. I'll go with the first idea I had, which is Oppenheimer is the Denver Nuggets. We make a big deal every time someone beats the Nuggets this season. It's like a crowning achievement on people's record. But do we really feel like the Nuggets are the best team in the NBA? Do we really feel like they're trying that hard right now? Do we really feel like they're the scariest opponent on a given night? They're definitely not the scariest, scariest team in the NBA. Yeah. No. So. But every time someone beats them, it's like news. It's like you see the tweets that's like, the Clippers have beat the Denver Nuggets, 114 to 110. And Yeah, when, the Magic beat them earlier this year, and it was like they won a championship. The yeah, same thing happened for the Timberwolves. So when inevitably something else wins Best Picture over Oppenheimer, and we all have to be like, wow, Oppenheimer didn't win Best Picture. Is it really that surprising? We really going to feel that way? Or is it maybe that like Oppenheimer was... 
a cool movie that was done visually well, and Cillian Murphy was just hitting his fucking shot all the two and... Oh, wait, that movie's three hours. All the three hours and one minute of runtime. A lot of it's our Robert Downey Jr. and Alden Ehrenreich in a room. Yeah. To be fair, there's at least 20 minutes of that. But Who we... is the Denver Nuggets version of Robert Downey Jr.? Jamal Murray? It's got to be. Do they have wow. like a Wiley? Is it Contavious Caldwell Pope? You see him and Jamal Murray playing rock, paper, scissors for who was going to shoot free throws? No, that's funny. <laughs> they get a they got a, a tech called against. Uh, it might have been, it might have been when Chauncey Billups got tossed earlier the week. Mm. They got a tech called in. KCP and Jamal Murray played rock, paper, scissors for who was going to shoot the tech free throws. KCP is a good pick. KCP could be the, the Robert Downey Jr. Also, they both sometimes are referred to by just their initials. Yeah, RDJ, RDJ, KCP. Who's the Jesse like Plemons that. of the Nuggets then? <laughs> Is Jesse well, Plemons in Oppenheimer? Jesse Plemons isn't in Oppenheimer, so... I'm oh, sorry. My brain was totally still on Killers of the Fire Moon. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Jesse Plemons... It the feels like Jesse Plemons should be in Oppenheimer, <laughs> he though, right? Scoot he pops Henderson. up in everything, doesn't he? Who's, who's the Josh Peck of the Gen Denver Nuggets? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bones Highland. Nah. Also, uh, in your, you couldn't have picked like two things where the leading men have different body types between Cillian Murphy and Nikolai <laughs> yeah, Jokic. Cillian Murphy looks like a skeleton in that movie. And Jokic is just a bajillion pounds of, I don't know <laughs> if it's muscle, I'm not sure. I don't know. They both put off the most the most big dick energy. Oh, yeah. Like True. Cillian Murphy and Oppenheimer, like the magic of that performance is he is just like a skinny scientist, but like he puts on a black trench coat and a leather hat and it's like, wow, he's a dark cowboy scientist yeah. and he's he's a bad boy of science <laughs> and All right. he's he's the epitome of like wait you guys actually cared about communism i was just talking about it to get laid <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's the florence Pugh of the denver nuggets i don't know who's gorgeous on the denver nuggets actually bones Nikolai Jokic. <laughs> except bones <laughs> island's on the clippers yeah the guy he, she got he got oh, florence yeah. Pugh. that's pretty good okay died. Yeah, that's good one. i get it yeah, yeah. bones island by. They needed yeah. Bones Highland needed to escape to leave in order for them to reach their potential. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I would I had, love to see uh, the scene where uh, Cillian Murphy gets a phone call in the middle of the night to let him know Bones Highland's been traded. <laughs> I had uh, Oppenheimer compared to Joel Embiid. All the awards, but like five years from now, are we going to talk about it more than like a passing mention that it won a bunch of awards? It's a pretty good one. That's why you bring. That's why I'm here. So I'm the goat. goat. So I'm the goat it, of Oscar All Star comparisons. So is Embiid 71 points? The scene where they detonate the bomb for the first time, and it's just yeah. the bright light on Cillian Murphy's face, and everybody in the NBA is like, "Oh my god!" And then like, and then you know, fucking uh, Luka Doncic scores 73, and that's like the Mahler scene from Maestro. We're like, oh my god! It's just as it's some another good thing. So you're gonna you're gonna catch us flat-footed here because I don't think Mike or I have seen Maestro. Um, but no, there's uh, a scene where Bradley Cooper direct, you know, composes. Uh, he's he's or conducts a. I, it took me three three tries to get the right word, but it, <laughs> he conducts a Mahler symphony in uh, in the LA Cathedral uh, over in Europe, and it's uh, it's pretty powerful. It's probably my favorite scene of the year. Um, Why do we keep getting conductor movies all of a sudden? 
Well, it's just two of them, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Which feels like a lot, it does. I will say. I mean, I, can, I can't name three conductors, so two conductor movies Honestly, feels like a Honestly, though, a, a back-to-back <laughs> watch of, of Maestro first and then Tar is like an elite double feature. Because have you guys seen Tar? Yeah. There is a scene in Tar where she's like the whole movie she's like i was mentored by leonard bernstein and then she goes back to her home in like queens or her childhood home in queens or whatever and it's like no she wasn't mentored by leonard bernstein she just like liked his (laughs) children's concerts and whatever she couldn't understand she didn't know the real bernstein so here's here's my only note i want to make on what you said a back-to-back feature of tar and maestro would actually be called a bok to bok Oh, we can stop the podcast. That's the best <laughs> joke. We're not going to do a better one. Um, don't laugh at that. Don't don't encourage him. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to clip that and put it on my dating profile. That was sick. <laughs> All right, Mike, I think you're on the clock now because we, we've somehow oh, managed to get six out of Tyler so far. I don't yeah, I, well, I'm just, I have one for every Best Picture nominee or, and, and All-Star starter. So every time you name one, I'm like, I have to get my shit off, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like Jordan Poole over here, just like <laughs> chucking up threes. You heard it from Tyler. He himself called him the Jordan Poole of this podcast. There's no taking that back. So another one of my comps that's nowhere near as in-depth is the holdovers to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's because just like how I love the holdovers, I also accept it's not going to win Best Picture of the Year. The same way I fucking love the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I accept the fact that they're not going to win the NBA championship. So is Chet Holmgren Dominic Sessa? Is that that who we're thinking here? That kind of tracks. Body yeah, got to be. Yeah. yeah. SGA is Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Dort is like, I don't know. Wait, who's their third best? Jalen Williams is like fucking a Divine Joy Randolph. Divine Joy Randolph, best yeah. Sporting. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, book that one, by the way. Divine Joe Randolph, Best Supporting Actress. If I'm wrong, I'll eat a shoe on this podcast. <laughs> I got a comp for her. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I, I'm yeah, I got a comp for over, her. I'm still cracking up over Paul Giamatti as SGA. Talking about two different <laughs> body types. You've never seen Giamatti ball. He could be really good, all right? <laughs> Paul Giamatti is known for get, being able to get to the hoop really well. <laughs> yeah, dude breaks ankles on the set. <laughs> All right, Adam, you want to you go? Oh, man. Uh, you guys want a really, really simple one? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Yorgos Lanthimos is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dude, I had poor things as Giannis, too. Okay, wow. mine's definitely dumber than yours. Mine is, they're both Greek. <laughs> Mine was, they're both trying too hard. Like, let's take <laughs> it down a notch. <laughs> like, too, a little too much. Like, we get it. You you love, we get it. You really, like, we're, like we get it, you know? Like... <laughs> One not dial it one notch back. <laughs> I like how you're like Yorgos Lanthimos is trying too hard. What like seven years after he made Killing of uh, a Sacred Deer? Well, that's my thing. Is it's it's so funny. Is like I, I love Killing of the Sacred Deer, by the way. But it's oh, like me too. Um, everyone's talking about every, like when I'm at work and I'm talking to people who aren't really movie people. Everyone's talking about Saltburn. It's like the big one they're talking about that, and they're talking about Saltburn and Barbie, are like the two most watched movies of the year among our like our generation. And I'm like, 
and everyone's like saltburn so sick and twisted and i'm like you, you guys just don't watch enough movies to think <laughs> that one's sick and twisted because <laughs> like i can give you four movies that barry keoghan's in that are more sick and twisted yeah. than saltburn <laughs> including killing of a sacred deer like nothing is as dark as the scene in i, I know barry keoghan's not in that scene but nothing's as dark in saltburn as the scene in B- the banshees of inishirid where colin farrell is crying with his donkey like that's the- yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's what i was thinking like oh, you're, you're like i can name worse barry keoghan movies i can name worse barry keoghan movies that you could have watched for the first time this year yeah exactly yeah. saltburn's trailer might be the worst trailer i've ever seen thank you i saw that's it multiple times. why is it in a one three seven one aspect ratio it's, what's it? What's it? In we have a rash of movies. It's uh, so the piece I'm working on for the site right now is a piece about how we have a rash of movies that have the aesthetics of being important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor things is one of them. Saltburn is the biggest one. Saltburn yeah. is like designed in a lab to make you think it's about more than it is. Uh, what like what's the, the what was the what was the actual aspect ratio? Was it in one three seven? It's one three seven one. That's the Academy ratio from yeah. like the forties. Like my, the all the other movie in one three seven this year is Maestro, which is a movie set in the forties, <laughs> <laughs> which makes sense. But it's like the black bars on the side. It's literally like telling the audience this is this is meaningful. This isn't just the talented Mr. Ripley for Gen Z. <laughs> talented Mr. Ripley's better movie. That's all right. I aspire to dress like Jude Law in the Talented Mr. Ripley every day of my life. That's sort of like, you know, like tight khaki shorts and linen white shirts. I aspire to dress like him in that movie where he's a sniper. American Sniper. Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper. There you go. All right, Mike, you got a you got a, a comp here? Real quick, I remember seeing the Saltburn trailer. I even went and rewatched it at one point, decided if I wanted to go see it, and I had no clue what kind of movie that was and sometimes that's a good thing because it's like ooh, i'm intrigued i'm gonna go see it but it, it wasn't in that way it was more like i don't know what the fuck this is and i just moved on to when up when up uh ended up seeing something else that day um can, actually i don't i don't want to cut you off can i get one off because i have a couple i have a couple that are out of left field and i feel like i'm, I'm playing off of your guys yeah go i for have it. one that i that i really need to get off and it's the zone go. of interest is arthur vizenkov the Fox former Euroleague MVP, who's now like the tenth best guy on the on the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> uh, meaning that it's like com- really crazy that it got nominated for Best Picture. The Zone of Interest is like an art piece. It's like something that should play in a museum and not in a movie theater. It's like I, I if you go watch that movie, like oh Holocaust movie, like you're in for a rude awakening. It's like. The way that it's shot and created and done is just like uh, not for American eyes, not for like the greater viewing public, much like Euroleague basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking that your entire response was going to be, you saw it on there and you went, huh, zone of interest. Kind of like whenever you look at the OKC roster, you're like, huh. No, Arthur, I looked up who was the last Euroleague MVP and it was Arthur Bezenkov. Year before that, Nikola Mirotic. I love that that guy came to the NBA and was like, wow, I'm the eighth best guy on a championship level roster. I'm going to go back to the EuroLeague and win MVP. (laughs) I thought it was just going to be a team that played a lot of zone defense, but (laughs) that's why I said earlier with the heat. Um, You think Bobby Portis is still like trying to hunt down Miritich? (laughs) He's got to be still looking for him. Just in in Madrid. Like (laughs) I'm looking for the one armed man. (laughs) Yeah. 
Remember when Miritich was the third best guy on the Pelicans for like 25 games? Yeah, Miritich is good. Miritich is good. He's a good basketball player. Yeah. He's really good in Europe. <laughs> yeah. A EuroLeague MVP. Yeah. All right, Mike. 2022. Oh, it was back to me? Yeah. I didn't just all say right. all right, Mike, because I wanted to give you my next pick. I thought you were just complimenting me. Like, you're all right, Mike. You're all right. My <laughs> <laughs> compliment so, you're okay. <laughs> I, got a, I got poor things comp to the 76ers <clears throat> because uh, – so the 76ers, I constantly see, hear how great they are, see highlights. But I, for some reason, I never really want to watch a 76ers game. <laughs> And I've heard all the great things about poor things. I've seen the trailers, and I'm still struggling to bring myself to go see it. <laughs> what a <laughs> poor fucking seventy sixers just getting absolute buried. <laughs> That's... Yeah, yeah, they were on my hate list. So yeah, like I appreciate <laughs> that we like them watching the same basketball, which is not the seventy sixers and the Suns. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll I'll go ahead and, and rope one of mine in here, and we'll just kind of have a, a grander conversation. But I have uh, I have Cillian Murphy comp to Joel Embiid, and <laughs> my my purpose there is uh, is they're both, both sexy guys are, science cowboys. I was thinking just both years are on like a both guys are on like an un, unmatched heater this year, where they're getting talked about like so much more than they must have been used to four years ago, like even in the height of uh, Peaky Blinders. Cillian Murphy did not have the clout he has right now. And now Embiid's going for back-to-back MVPs. Guys, we almost got a world where Cillian Murphy was the lead of an, a, tr- a sequel to Tron Legacy. And I need that, like, water. <laughs> Do you know the guy who directed the original Tron Legacy was uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who directed uh, Top Gun Maverick? No, and I did not. it was his first movie. It was Tron Legacy, which crazy first movie. <laughs> like what a what a first movie. Can I can I get that budget of WB? <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, uh we there's a world where we're like Top Gun Maverick director Joseph Kaczynski and Killian Murphy got are getting back together. Instead we're getting a Jared Leto starring sequel. Excellent. <laughs> So my my other Cillian Murphy Joel Embiid thing is I think they're both now honorary Americans. Like Cillian Murphy played one of the most famous American scientists of all time, and Joel Embiid is now on the Team USA roster. Yeah, if you play Oppenheimer, you're complicit in the deaths of millions, just like us as Americans, right? Yeah, yeah. So Cillian Murphy, Joel Embiid, they're both congratulations, on, like, Cillian. Yeah. You're now a part of two horrible empires. <laughs> built different that guy. <laughs> it does it does also kind of feed into your whole thing there mike because while i find the 76ers more watchable than you guys do i don't know if there will come a time where i ever sit down and go you know what i feel like rewatching is oppenheimer oh i will yeah. <laughs> really? the scene the, the acting in that movie the scene where robert danny jr is like uh, where he's like, ah, what, where Killian Murphy's like, ah, once the lowly shoe salesman, Robert Danny's like, just a shoe salesman. And you're like, with the levels, it's so good. In fact, it's just so good. I feel I like I already have. I don't know if I can, I like, I, I would definitely watch, like, a YouTube supercut 
of things in that That's movie. A good point. I would watch a YouTube super. The scene, my favorite scene in the movie is not everyone's favorite scene, but it's a scene where they're sitting around that round table and it's in one of the black and white sequences where they're talking about how the Russians have invented the atomic bomb and they're trying to figure out how to invent the hydrogen bomb. And Kill and Killian Murphy is Oppenheimer is like, "We need we need to do Pete like arms talks, like obviously first things first, arms talks." And and Robert Downey Jr. is like, "Build more bombs." Yeah. <laughs> But there's a huge plant in the middle yeah. of the table, and they have to keep moving it out of the way to talk to each other. It's like, as a filmmaker, like that one, like visual note of like they can't quite communicate properly, like works with the scene. So it's the best thing I've ever. Seen. It's one of my favorite scenes of the year. It's really yeah. great. So I have, I kind of have a thing with American fiction like that, where I'm convinced. That when that then he, when he first started writing that movie, the scene where Jeffrey Wright and uh, uh, Isaray are mm-hmm. sitting across from the table at each other talking about her book, like I'm convinced that that was the first scene that they wrote for that movie, and then everything else they were like, how do we make a movie around this scene? Like the Oppenheimer plant thing was Christopher Nolan in pre-pro and was like, all right, we got to put a plant in here. Or did they do like 20 takes and couldn't get it right? And finally someone put a fucking plant. Between that would them? be my question is like 100% like, where did that come from? Cause I don't remember that being in the book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I like, if I ever had, was at a Q and a with Christopher Nolan, I'd be like, at what point were you like, let's put the, is that in the script? Is that, is that on set? We're like, we need yeah. to add something extra. Because uh, Nolan, contrary to popular belief, actually does a lot. Like not not necessarily improv, but will change things up on set. He's not like a rigid. Um, yeah, he's not he a had, da- rigid David Fincher style director. In Interstellar, they didn't even have a black hole in that movie until they were on set. Yeah, there's like <laughs> he called Neil deGrasse Tyson. It <laughs> just happened like, to hey. be in the background of one of the shots, and they're like, "That black hole looks cool. We should do that for the whole movie." <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Tyler, it's up to you. To your uh, your Oscar pick here. Uh, I'm going to comp American fiction to Jason Tatum. They're both in Boston. <laughs> they are both in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> they're both in Boston. Uh, and they're probably like the sixth, it's probably the sixth best movie of the year. Just like Jason Tatum is probably like the sixth best player in the NBA. Um, just pissed great off so ensemble around him. <laughs> no, they, if, if you guys think Jason Tatum's not the sixth best player in the NBA, you're, you're huffing crack. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a uh, lot of lot of like elite supporting cast. Um, Sterling K. Brown is Christoph Sterling Porzingis. K. Brown is really yeah. Cause Sterling K. Brown is Christophs. Um, yeah, uh, American Fiction, good movie. I really liked it coming out of it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's about ex- you know expectations and all this stuff. And I talked to my friend O'Neill Henry, who is my co-host uh, on my podcast, the podcast, podcast, podcast. Check it out. And he was talking about how. Uh, O'Neill's black. Let me put this out first, because that's this is where we are three white guys talking about this movie real quick. Good point. And O'Neill <laughs> pointed something out to me that I didn't catch, which is that throughout the whole movie he was thrown off because there are a lot of like BET like Tyler Perry black television and movie tropes in it where he's like, this makes no sense. There's like a mammy character and there's yeah. a death out of nowhere at the beginning. So like by the end, he he was like explaining to me. He was like, it's something he th- hasn't seen talked about anywhere because most it seems like a lot of white critics are just like looking at it at uh, on a different level. 
but like he's like the, he kind of started to pick up what was happening in that movie earlier on because he was like this feels like a tropey movie and a real movie are like mixed together <laughs> um which i found really interesting a really interesting point that i hadn't heard anywhere so shout out to my to, to my guy o'neill uh for that take and it has an absolutely elite Licky Stanfield cameo in it. Oh my god, so good! The whole <laughs> such, movie, yeah. such a good cameo. Whole movie is very funny for sure. Yeah, um, a lot more dramatic than I was expecting. The marketing really pushed it as a comedy, and uh, it is comedic. There's definitely some mm-hmm. funny scenes, but there's uh, it's definitely like kind of a more in the vein of the holdovers, like dramedy type stuff going on. Um, but very good, very good movie. I uh, kind of hope it wins best uh, best adapted screenplay. Yeah, right. especially I don't know if I have any more good comps. I got to be real; all my other ones are pretty tenuous. <laughs> That's fine. I, I got I got a couple I still like that we'll we'll go through here. Um, and uh, I mean we're getting we're getting long in the tooth anyway, so we'll probably start burning through them a little bit more. Mike, on to you. Unless you had some American fiction thoughts first. Oh, this one's a quick one that's related to American fiction. So, I have like this weird affinity for like trashy teen drama series, and. Uh, Right? California. So, that's what this one has to do with the OC. So I popped in American fiction when Adam Brody showed up, who played Seth on the OC. <laughs> the same way I pop whenever Nas Reed comes off the bench. So they're just like <laughs> weird, smaller role people I get really excited to see. That's great. Uh, that's great. <laughs> you guys got any more quick ones? I can rattle off a couple quick ones. Yeah, I got a, I got one I really want to get to here, and then I have uh, another quick one that we can get to here in a second. Um, Maestro is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. We're just kind of humoring ourselves by putting these in the best conversation, right? Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you guys. I had Maestro comps to Grant Williams, where everybody doesn't like him because he he's trying too hard, I guess. Like why? He's, why he's the big bad, crime so. for Maestro? Everybody seems to think is that Bradley Cooper really wants an Oscar and he's trying too hard. Like God forbid someone care about their art. God forbid we be sincere in this ironic society. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> you got to be ironic. Like what? You think I'm gonna root for they, a guy who wants to win awards? But Maestro, it's he doesn't want. He want. Yeah, listen. Um, I, the reason Maestro, I just think it's crazy that the reason Maestro isn't going to win anything at the Academy Awards is that it, we, a Bradley Cooper wasn't aloof enough. <laughs> like that's just wild to me. It's a good movie. It's not a perfect movie. It like it doesn't quite work all together, but it has like four or five of the most like electric sequences of the year. Like Bradley Cooper's a really good filmmaker, um, and the acting in it is really fucking good. And uh, it deserves more praise than it's getting. It seems like it's just kind of disappearing, which is too bad. Because I was kind of hoping Bradley Cooper would win something so he'd make a movie not trying to win an Oscar. Like, I want to know what Bradley Cooper will make when he's not trying to win an Oscar. Let me ask you guys this. Round, round table question here. We'll start with you, Mike. Mm-hmm. If, you, if I had told you the day that Wedding Crashers came out that someone in that movie was going to be nominated for multiple Oscars, who would you have guessed it was? Um, I mean, Bradley Cooper is like the most handsome of the group, so I guess I would have. I actually have uh, Cooper comped to James Harden because Harden began his career as the bench guy in OKC. Bradley Cooper is doing rom-coms and The Hangover, and then they both went off and just became monsters in their industry. So in a few years, we're going to go back to getting just cameos and like... (laughs) 
like efficient minutes out of Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and I'm not saying Cooper has set records for amounts spent at strip clubs. <laughs> I just don't want to think people think I'm inferring that. Tyler, what about you there? You got a, you got a, in Wedding Crashers, if I told you the day that movie came out, someone was going to be nominated for multiple Academy Awards. I haven't seen it. Uh, uh, Rachel McAdams, actually. Isn't Rachel McAdams in that one? Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's, she's in it, right? <laughs> I would have said Rachel McAdams. Yeah, that's a good pick. I would have gone Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Mm, wow. <laughs> uh, Tyler, you had a few more to rattle through? Yeah, I'm going to rattle off. Uh, Past Lives is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, the real heads know. The real heads know about this one. So, uh, <laughs> um, that's all. That's all I've got for that one. That's the only Okay, that, real heads know that The it. only people who know, like, my mom doesn't know who Tyrese Halliburton is and also does not know wh- what Past Lives is. That's, yeah, um, that's pretty good. Um, Anatomy of a Fall, I have Luka Doncic just because they're foreign and white. <laughs> I got another see that's what I'm telling you they're pretty tenuous at this point um let's see what else I have oh Barbie is Damian Lillard are we sure they should be an all-star starter are we sure Barbie <laughs> should be nominated for best picture are we sure uh, um definitely not clipping that and putting it on a dating profile <laughs> May, yeah May December is uh Jalen Brunson by the way should be in the best picture <laughs> should be not oh, that's pretty good <laughs> Mike, um, Mike, did you have any more to rattle through? Oh, are you done, Tyler? Was that all of yours? No, or? that's what I was just looking at him. Yep, that's all of them. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, Mike, you got you got any more to rattle through? Yeah, a couple of quick ones. I had Halliburton as uh, Divine Joy Randolph just because <laughs> if she doesn't win supporting uh, Best Supporting Actress, I'll riot the same way I'm going to riot if Halliburton doesn't finish, like, top five in MVP voting. It will be oh, a travesty. He's, he's definitely not getting top five in MVP voting, <laughs> but I'm sorry bullshit. for to you. Yeah, not in Indiana. Yeah, no. my... <laughs> Uh, another one, I, my other quick one, uh, which is just kind of a mean one, is Leo, Leo to uh, Zion, and that just has to do with face shape recently. Both of them are dating models. <laughs> the Miami Heat are El Conde. I, I've got another one. Real quick. What a fucking uh, El pull. Conde is uh, nominated for Best Cinematography. I watched it the other night. Really whack movie. It's about if if Chilean, horrible Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet, who died in the 90s, was actually a vampire who was still alive. Um, and it's kind of a succession-style comedy about his children and the Catholic Church vying for his consu- combined wealth. And it has probably the craziest twist I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, my God. Halfway through. I didn't. He- I didn't even know this movie existed until you talked about it here, and you already sold me on it. It's a Netflix movie. You should definitely watch it. It's fucking crazy. I'll watch that fucking today. It's Chilean, so all the actors are talking in Spanish, but there's a British woman narrating it, and like with like a point of view, and you're like, why is there this English lady narrating this movie? And then eventually, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, it's crazy. It's a crazy movie. I'm not sure if it's good. <laughs> It's something. Mike, you got any more? Uh, no, my, my Leo Zion one got a pretty good pop, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got two more. They're <laughs> relatively quick. Um, OKC and Into the Spider-Verse or Across the Spider-Verse uh, because those are actually both the best things this year. Definitely like, the most entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what you say, like – on a given night, if your choice is to watch your favorite team play a game against the Pistons or watch OKC play, like, 
anyone. Like, OKC Atlanta. The correct choice is to watch OKC Atlanta. And if you're going to go to the theater and you're like, huh, same time, 7 o'clock, showtimes, zone of interest and Across the Spider-Verse. The correct answer is to see Across the Spider-Verse. The correct answer is to see the zone of interest, you you monster. <laughs> I'm a Philistine. A plebeian. Philistine. <laughs> I don't know no, art! Absolutely. Zone of interest is like... It's a... Guys, I... If you aren't aware of... It's literally just still shots. They shoot it like it's Big Brother. Like, they lock cameras into the corners of this house. And they just cut between, like, single frames of rooms and places. And it's like... It's it's so crazy. It's do you guys know what it's about? Yeah, yeah, I know what yeah. it's about. It's I I I can't I I can't fathom how this movie got nominated for best picture. Like it it's crazy like, to me. Like it it's it's like incredible, insane. but it's an art piece. It's like it's like a it should be shown in a museum. My point is it should be shown in a museum more than a movie theater. It's weird to use my AMC Stubbs A list to go see the Zone of Interest. <laughs> I got matinee discount. Yeah, I uh, I kind of, it kind of sounds like unsane to me where it would just be super jarring for the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. All right, my last comparison here. John Williams, LeBron James. John Williams once again breaks his own record for most nominations by a living person. And it's also been nominated at least once per decade since the 1960s. And it's just Damn. unkillable streaks. LeBron James is going to set every distance record in the NBA. He's going to, Obviously, 20 All-Star games this year. He'll be 20 All-NBA teams by the end of the year. 10 finals. Most points in NBA history. He's going to end up with most games, most minutes, most everything. John Williams, LeBron James. Just the longevity, man. Just old men still just T-posing on everyone. But is there a Jordan comp? Like, who's the guy that everybody's like, nah, blank is better than John Williams? Johan Johannesson. There you go. (laughs) Uh... I don't know. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Meryl Streep. <laughs> All right, boys. You got anything else? Any other Any other Oscar thoughts? Any other movie thoughts? Basketball thoughts? Yeah. Godzilla Minus One got robbed. <laughs> Should have been up for Best Picture. This is bullshit. <laughs> Visual effects. You know, there's that great yeah. scene when Godzilla roars and the, the woman just flies off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to The Killer. Uh, David Fincher's newest movie didn't get any nominations, uh, which is bullshit. It was my number three movie of the year. It's really good. It's good. I, I think I liked it a little less than you, but more than. The well, I'm just I'm just a sicko, so I, I I realize that like not everyone's like yes, the killer. <laughs> this is my it's the killer is my shit. It's Tyler Core, <laughs> the killer and the bear are like the two things this year where it's like. We just made this one for you, Tyler. Here you go. Have fun. <laughs> so is the killer Brock Purdy? Is that the cross-sport comparison? Yeah. The killer, I, they didn't make Brock Purdy for me, though. They no. didn't make Brock Purdy for me. But Michael Fassbender supposedly has a huge dick, so big cock Brock. <laughs> Michael Fassbender with a big dick. That's mainly, I was just trying to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm in the camp of I'm in the camp that it's Jalen Suggs. They're just like Tyler. This one's for you. Have fun. You're just gonna love this one. No one else. They're not gonna get an All Star nom, but like you, you know, <laughs> the real, real ones know. It's like Tyrese Halbert all over again. All right, Tyler, you want to hit your plugs? Get out of here. Yes, podcast, podcast, podcast. Um, we pitch podcasts and review them, or not review them. We do them. 
um, read my stuff on Talon. I haven't, I've, I've got an article coming here pretty soon. And, um, I don't know. Stay, stay frosty. Channel. Things, things yeah. are getting sharp. Things are getting testy out there. Stay frosty. That's my other one. <laughs> you, uh, you upload stuff on TikTok or anything? No, I don't. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Letterbox at T Kirkara or yeah, Tyler Kirkara on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, Tyler Kirkara. I post like once a year there. Um, I should get better about that. Well, Mike, you got, uh, you got your plugs? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, on Saturday is going to happen at some point. So <laughs> uh, look forward to that. Also, I know the Rumbles tonight, we usually would have pay-per-view predictions up, but in light of the Vince McMahon lawsuit, I reached out to Adam and we both collectively agreed after the horrific allegations that are in there, it would be in poor taste to post that kind of article. At least I felt it would. It would be tone deaf and kind of uh, disrespectful to the victim in a way. Um, I don't know. Maybe can I'm I, just full, full myself. Can Can I ask a quick question about wrestling yeah. and Vince yeah. McMahon? As like the just not to be serious for a minute. I thought we all knew Vince McMahon was a bad person. Isn't yeah, that, pretty much. We knew that before this. Yeah, he stepped down from the company because of the lawsuit that this is stemming from mm-hmm. but this was like it's the first time it was in writing where you saw like explicitly what was going got on. it okay heard yeah. got it it's we all knew dan snyder was bad but then we heard the fbi report got it okay yep gotcha. that's exactly what it I is gotcha. you remember when vince mcmahon tore both his quads jumping into the ring that's the only thing it's <laughs> like i know it's like and the then his video son did it it's years so later <laughs> yeah 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 uh Yes, yeah, so that's why that article is not coming out today. Um, other than that, follow me at Town Alone Mike and keep listening to the podcast. If you don't, you're lame. Yeah, you can follow me at Town Alone Adam on Twitter and Threads. We've been posting more on Threads recently, or at least I have. I don't think Mike's bothered with it uh, because they have a web app now. Uh, you can come back here every Monday and Thursday to hear us talk about football up through the Super Bowl, and then we'll probably just keep talking about who the Bills are going to draft at 27. Bring and me on. That'll be the oh, next pod I'm on. Is oh, yeah, for, there you uh, go. <laughs> talk about the draft. Let's talk about the yeah. Bears. Because uh, Tyler months. is a, a Bears fan who are in maybe the most interesting position in NFL history for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can read my League Pass watchability rankings every Tuesday where we talk a little basketball, tell you who to watch, and tell you the best games coming up in the week. And, uh, yeah, be sure to follow me at Talonload Adam. Come back here next Saturday for another episode of Basky. Maybe I'll be here. back to talk about Dune. We can talk about Dune on Basky. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> <laughs>